For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. alone by lamppost. Welcome to episode 194 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we're here to talk about Star Wars. And this week, the format of the show is going to be a little weird. Because in the realm of officially announced, safe for public consumption Star Wars talk, there's not a lot. But in the realm of talking about stuff that you may or may not want to know or see beforehand, there's a whole lot. So let me break it down. We're going to talk about a little bit of stuff. Then we're going to jump right in to your voicemails and emails and get to as many of those as possible because you guys are fucking rad. We have a shit ton. We'll get to as many as possible. And then... We're going to have a juicy spoiler section at the end. Um, I'll tell you right now what the spoilers pertain to without telling you what they are, discussing them in detail. This week there was a massive artwork leak from episode 9, which by all accounts appears to be legit. And uh, we're going to discuss that. But... For people that are super sensitive about those sort of things, we're going to save that to the end. You'll have plenty of notice. You won't hear anything that you don't want to hear. And if you've already seen it or you want to hear about it, then you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Mm. Dude, I have I have been maximum lazy today. Have you really? Yeah, man. Like <clears throat> I've sort of been on a different schedule for work lately. Yeah, And I normally don't work um, from home um, today, but I, I have the last two weeks. And, like, I got my work done super quick. And then, like, I tried to schedule uh, recording with you. You were busy. So I was like, fuck that. I'm going to take a nap. I haven't taken Ooh. a nap in forever. And, dude, That's it was nice. glorious. A glorious nap. I can only imagine. And then I got up from the nap and I was like, ooh, I 
I want my mind grapes to be firing at all frequencies. So I want to get a coffee. I don't feel like going, like getting in the car and going to Starbucks to get a coffee. So Postmates, I I got hold of Postmates, had them deliver deliver me a fucking Starbucks. Lazy son. And you know how that close Starbucks. Perfect. You know how close Starbucks is to it's my around house. the corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple blocks. Yeah. So I had to be super productive today. I mowed the front and backyard, and uh, nice. did the dishes and the laundry. Picked up the house. I wish Jesse and I could afford a riding lawnmower because that's really your yard would take five minutes. Well, it'd take five minutes, and that's really the only way I can mow the lawn. You know. Yeah. Um, I could use a push mower all right when I was a kid, but I can't do that shit anymore. So, right. And I would feel a lot more helpful if I could help with that. Fucking right. Plus, that shit just looks fun. Riding mower. It does. Have you ever driven How? Goose's crazy uh, riding lawnmower that he has? No, the zero turn one. Yeah, he let me drive it um, last summer, and that shit is fun. I bet. He told me he was doing donuts in it. <laughs> like, uh, he was he was trying to cut something and it was too wet or something like that. It just wasn't working out, so he was like, fuck it. I just started doing donuts in that bad boy. I could see how it would be extremely easy to do in that thing. Yeah. Um, speaking of Goose Payne, shout out to my boy whose favorite video game franchise, Borderlands, announced a new game today, Borderlands 3. Talk to you know him. He'll a beat bit. it in the first twelve hours that it's out. Oh yeah, talk to have him it, today. One hundred percent completed. <laughs> I talked to him about it today, and yeah, he's real excited. Like me when they announced the Mandalorian, excited. All righty, so let's do a little business, and then we'll talk a little Star Wars. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. We have a Patreon page where every Monday we release one of our many Blue Harvest-related bonus podcasts like Cooking with Will, Oh No, It's Hall Solo, uh, Blue Harvest Adventures, Star Wars Jaws. Jaws. Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Will, Masters of Harvest Kasi, and a lot more. Did you say Steve versus the prequels? Steve versus the prequels. How could I forget? <clears throat> and guys, if you're not a Patreon, Patreon right now, I think you should sign up. Especially leading into Star Wars Celebration because we are going to do our best to blow up your Patreon feeds and the regular feed with all kinds of special celebration content. We got the gear in hand. Actually, I'm recording this episode on our fancy new portable recorder. So get ready. It's it's going to be good times. Oh, and where can you do that? Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And we're part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, and you're like, oh, what's a podcast network? Well, it's a network of podcasts that all talk about Star Wars. And they're fucking rad podcasts. Podcasts like Now This Is Podcasting, Steel Wars, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, The Sith List, 
Tarkin's Top Shelf, Idiot's Array, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. And I mean, I might be a little biased, but it's the best Star Wars auditory experience you can find this side of the internet. Yeah. So, what's what you what you been up to this past week, buddy? Oh, really? Not a lot. Not a lot. I had a business lunch or a business dinner. Talked about some people that wanted to open a restaurant, but. Uh, looked at the space and it's really nice a nice space that's not the right time for me to open a restaurant but it would be cool oh were they looking at my buddy will to be like the head chef they were trying to sell the space and yeah they wanted a restaurant but it wasn't really like they care you know they're just trying to sell this space to be a restaurant oh did they did they seek you out and were like, hey, do you want to open a restaurant or did you see this? It's and one like, of those things where like friend of a friend heard you were a chef. I see. Let's go have dinner and see. I see. And see if we like you. Basically, you, you know, a little meet and greet. Feel you out. Man. One day, dude, when the time is right for you, I think you got to give it a shot. Oh, dude, when the time is right, I'm going to have the hottest restaurant in the south oh man you gotta let me work for you in some capacity look not in the restaurant i'm not built for that i don't even know what i could do but if you need like tech we'll work make videos we'll make like silly how-to cooking oh, youtube yeah. videos fuck yeah i'll help you out promotional stuff tech stuff that's where your boy can come in handy <laughs> see i know your strengths so yeah we are fuck days away like less than two weeks, two weeks, two weeks actually from the beginning of Star Wars celebration. And I could not be more excited. I was about to say, I am so excited for you. Yeah, man. I am ready to celebrate some Star Wars and see some Star Wars fucking buddies. I wish you were going, man. I know. Next one. Next Star Wars celebration. I'll do whatever I'll be it there takes. in spirit. The force will, I'll be with the force and the force will be with you. I'll be like fucking jamming with some Ewoks. Lando will be in the, the corner clapping and I'll turn around and who will I see shimmering blue off in the distance? Will Witten. That'll be me. <clears throat> Next Star Wars celebration. I'm going to do whatever Next it takes. You got to, um, you got to go to one. It'll be in some crazy, I mean, some crazy place like Dubai, you know, Star Wars celebration. Mm. Abu Dhabi. Kathmandu. Uh, Tokyo would be cool. Star Tokyo. Wars Celebration Tokyo? That would be kick-ass. They had a Star Wars Celebration in Japan one time. Did they? Yeah, it's been a little while back. I know they had one in London. They've had a couple in London. Um, and that's appropriate because that's where the first one was filmed. They've had... Well, in England. They've had, uh, I, I want to say they had one in Germany, and maybe I'm wrong about that, and one in Japan. Um, dude, I'm hoping, I know it's a long shot. I, I, I understand when I say this, that it's a long shot. I would love for Star Wars Celebration to do Birmingham. Oh, that would be, I mean, the bee's knees. I mean, you would have no excuse not to go then, right? Like... Hell no. I mean, come stay with me and Jesse. Get some Walter cuddles. You think, 
you think the BJCC would be big enough? So in its current state, I don't know if it is, but you know they're doing a huge expansion to the BJCC in the surrounding area. There's this huge chunk of I-20 that's completely shut down now. Oh, I know. And, the last couple <laughs> times I've come to Birmingham, it's a cluster. traffic is a clusterfuck. And from what I understand, a big part of that is because of this expansion that they're doing. And I was reading an article about it, and part of the reason they're doing that is to attract like big conventions and stuff, I think. So that makes sense because if you're going to have a convention center, it's got to be big enough to hold the big shows mm -hmm. to fill the hotel rooms. So hopefully, you know, it would be a serious contender for a Star Wars celebration. That would be so rad. Like, it would be cool. And what's funny is, like, can you imagine the meltdown? Some people, what? We got to go to Alabama? I'd be like, yeah, you got to come to Alabama. You get ready. I'm going to show you guys the time of your life. Goose Payne's going to pull up with fucking milk jugs full of moonshine. Then we'll see what happens. Oh, my God. Then we'll see what happens. Um, Trips to the ER. <laughs> oh, man. Dude. Um, the last time I drank moonshine with Goose, we rewired the car stereo to your sister's car. Nice. The last time I drank moonshine with goose pain was that night we went to the yellow wolf concert you remember what i'm talking Ooh, about oh yeah it's been yellow years ago Ritz. years ago yeah in starville yeah i think that was the last time and i actually kind of regret doing that because i don't remember the show <laughs> i don't remember um so well, yellow wolf probably doesn't either so don't feel bad about it fair enough um so here we go uh the first star wars celebration was in Denver, Colorado. So Celebration 2 and 3 were in Indianapolis. Celebration 4 was in Los Angeles. Celebration Europe in 2007 was in the United Kingdom. Celebration Japan in 2008 was in Japan. Uh, <laughs> Celebration 5 was in Orlando. Celebration 6 was in Orlando. Uh, Celebration Europe 2 was in Essen, Germany. So it was in Germany. So they've actually done one, two, three, four, five international celebrations. So there's always the chance that the next one is international. And <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see how easy it is for Jesse and I to make one of those. You know what's messed up? Not messed up. It's a little goofy. Last night, before I went to bed, I started researching raccoon rescues. Yeah. To see if there were any raccoon rescue organizations between Birmingham, Alabama, and Chicago. So you could stop off and have yourself a little raccoon cuddle? Yeah. That's exactly why. My search turned up zero results. Oh, and you want to know what's fucked up? When I was what? looking into this... <clears throat> apparently there was some kind of law or I don't know if it was a law or a bill that was introduced in Alabama in 2013 that made it so animal rehabilitation centers in Alabama could no longer get licenses to rehab raccoons, possums, armadillos, and something else. Interesting. 
And I, was, I thought that was fucked up. And they were like, oh, there's no biological benefit to rehabbing these animals. So we're trying to make it so if they're brought into these rehab centers, they have to be euthanized. And dude, I got heated. And Basically, I, they're saying they're just pests. They're vermin. Right. And fuck you. Fuck you saying they're vermin. Counterpoint to that argument, I would say they're a vital part of the ecology of the area and the region. Right. But, I mean, if we're, de- I mean, the only in the only defense of that policy is if you were dealing with populations that had exploded to the point where they were unmanageable or hazardous to civilization. And I don't, I certainly don't think that's the case. Nobody's being overrun with raccoon and possums. Right. You know? like, like if you were, if you... nobody <laughs> can't stay on the road for all the hit possums, you know, like if the, if it was a national story that Birmingham was overrun by rabid raccoons. Like, even I would have to be like, okay, I get it. But that's not yeah. the case. And I didn't, to be fair, I didn't do any additional research to see if that bill went through or if it had been, you know, dissolved or anything in the time since. But just reading it got me a little heated. Yeah. But you want to talk about some Star Wars? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so we got two very brief sort of um, Star Wars news related articles. Then, like I said, we're going to jump into hearing from you guys and then a spoiler section. Uh, The first one is about Werner Herzog. You guys know who that is? He is a actor. He is a director. He's an actor director. Mm -hmm. Does he like, he talks like he's from Finland or Norway or something, right? He has that kind of accent. Yeah. He's, um, He's the narrator for that documentary Grizzly Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's uh done some voice work in some cartoons. He's in like a, an episode of Rick and Morty. He's directed a lot of stuff, nothing I've seen. Um but he is one of the announced cast members for The Mandalorian. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And this week he talked That's about be good. Yeah. He talked about his role a little bit and basically said um to paraphrase it that he's playing a villain but it's also not a huge part so um like i said nothing too serious or anything we can talk about like at length but starts to narrow down a little bit like what everybody's up to in this show and apparently, what is Werner Herzog up to? He's up to being a villain. He so, makes an incredible villain. That voice, dude. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, I'm wondering, I've seen some people be like, oh, maybe he's uh, an Imperial officer. And that, of course, could be the case. Um, because when you hear villain in Star Wars, like, I think you either go like, ooh, dark side, Jedi, or Sith, or you go Imperial. Or Crime Lord. That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if he's a Crime Lord, and if it's a small role, like what if he is who the Mandalorian is going up against in like the the opening of the first episode or something, you know? Yeah. Maybe he's the original bounty that, opens a door to a much mm-hmm. deeper plot you right know, and, and and you know maybe 
he's got almost uh, probably more screen time if I had to guess because it'd be harder to be less, but sort of a um, Lore Santeca sized role in the yeah. first episode, like in the opening. And like you said, maybe it like the Mandalorian going after him is what opens up <clears throat> the story to go further into um, the season and stuff. Pedro Pascal, right? Mm-hmm. He's good. I mean, I can see him as a bounty hunter. Yeah. Just because I guess it's from seeing him in that movie, Triple Frontier, but. I still haven't gotten to watch that. I mean, he's good. He's good. Uh, emotionally complex, tactically efficient. You know, I can I can see good story being told with him as the, the Mandalorian. Uh, speaking of Triple Dark and sort of like Netflix original stuff, do you fuck around with the OA? I haven't watched it yet, but I hear that I should. Dude, I fucking love that show. And I'll say this, you know, part of the reason I like Lost so much is that element of weirdness and sort of like confusing storyline type stuff, you know? The what the hell is going on every episode? Yeah. Dude, Lost ain't got nothing on the OA as far really? as that's concerned. It is mind-bending. <clears throat> and I've heard... I feel like the OA might be one of those shows that there's no gray area for people. You either really like it or you don't like it at all. And I can yeah. definitely... Like, watching it, I can definitely see how people... Like it wouldn't be their their cup of tea, but man, is it mine. Jesse and I blew through the entire season, season two, uh, in like a day, basically, while we were hanging out at the house and working and stuff. And man, <clears throat> it's good. I hope, given how weird it is, that it's getting enough viewers and stuff to to make a season three happen because... Watching the first season, I was like, oh, this might be a one and dunner. This might be a little too weird for your general Netflix audience. Really? Yeah, dude. I I think you should watch it. I think you should give it a try. And um, like if it's not up, if, if you're not into it, I won't be offended. Because like I said, see, watching it, I can see how it's not for everybody. <clears throat> um. I'm excited to to see it and see what it's about. There's another one on there that showed up recently about the occult. I forget what it's called, but it's Ooh. like a Netflix original about you know magic users or whatever. I want to watch oh. that one. It's not. There's one that's called The Magicians, and that came on Sci-Fi, I believe. Okay. And from what I'm here, that's good later on in the series. But I tried to get into it and just couldn't. You know, maybe the beginning was so slow. But uh, maybe maybe this occult one and the OA will be better. I watched a movie called Close, mm-hmm. um, which had Glenn Close. No, uh-huh. uh, I'm not gonna remember her name, but she's in the Netflix movie. You know what happened to Monday? She plays all the different girls. Okay, I haven't seen that either. Women, they're they're not girls; they're women. Um, she was one of the angels in Bright, I believe, but uh, it's not a good movie. I mean, she her performance is good, but the movie itself is not good. It has one of the villains from Game of Thrones in it. Um, 
Dr. Bashir's wife. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? I do. Um, and she's, she's kind of like a villain, kind of not a villain. Anyway, her performance is not good. And the movie makes, it almost, it takes these plot leaps that make no sense. Anyway, don't watch close. I mean, you can watch it, watch close on Netflix and you'll probably come to the same conclusion that it's just not a good movie. But the, the main character and it turned in a good performance. Did you uh, ever see that movie, Another Earth? Another Earth. Or After Earth? No, no, not After Earth. <laughs> not not the M. Night Shyamalan Scientology Will Smith jam. That No, that is... Is that After Earth? Right. That is after. That's, that's Will Smith and Will Smith's son, right? Yeah, after Earth. okay, and that movie... Very rarely are they move are their movies so bad that I will turn them off. Like I can't make it through it. That was one of them. That was one that I stopped. I was just like, I no more, please no more. So another Earth is this movie about everybody wakes up one morning and <clears throat> in the sky instead of like the moon, people can see another Earth. Oh wow! I don't think I've seen that. <clears throat> it's really weird and the reason i bring it up is because brit marling the lead in the oa is also the lead in another earth and she co-wrote another earth and also co-wrote the oa so i was just going to use that as a a point of reference like the uh, another earth is an odd movie but i don't know if it's quite as odd as the oa but have you watched children of the whale on netflix it's an anime no i haven't you you dig that one? It's okay. uh, it's dubbed. I mean, it's interesting enough so far. I don't know how it finishes, but I'm not done with it. Still haven't watched One Punch Man. I still haven't. Oh, awesome. dude, they put out a second season of the OA. Oh, I'm telling you, man. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. When you see we'll the OA, there, maybe like, you'll six understand. months from now. You'll be like. I've been watching this show called One Punch Man, and it is awesome. And I'll be like, oh, is it? Is it really? Is it really? Is it good? <laughs> You're probably right. Um, so we got one more smaller piece of Star Wars news. Um, they are producing. This is really cool. Like, this is something I hope takes off, and they do more of it. But they have a um, an audio-only story coming out so basically like an audio book but it's not being released theater of the mind yeah it's it's like an audio production like have you heard they did this uh wolverine podcast no i haven't like last year i think they did the first season of it and it's pretty good and and that's been sort of this new not new new to me like i'm not super familiar with this format of doing like a almost a radio drama in podcast form. Um, but they've got something like that coming out for star Wars. Uh, it's not being released episodically. You'll be able to get the whole thing, but I think it examines a very interesting piece of star Wars canon that hasn't been examined a whole lot yet. And it's called Dooku Jedi lost. This is about the relationship between Hassan's interest and Dooku, right? Mm-hmm. I saw something. I scrolled past something in my news feed. I thought it was about a book. 
But clearly it's about an audio book, like a podcast. Yeah, not so because it's not going to be free. You're going to have to buy it. But right. instead of being one person doing all the voices, like they've got a cast of people. So it's more of like oh, a that's cool. almost like a radio drama. Did they use the Asajj Ventress from the show and the Count Dooku from Clone Wars? I don't know. I hope they did. I really that hope they cool. did. That would be cool. So let's, let's, uh, let me read the synopsis for you. Delve into the history of Sinister Count Dooku in this audio original set in a galaxy far, far away. Darth Tyrannus, Count of Ser- Sereno, leader of the Separatist, a red saber unsheathed in the dark. But who was he before he became the right hand of the Sith? As Dooku courts a new apprentice, the hidden truth of the Sith Lord's past becomes to come to light. Dooku's life began as one of privilege, born within the story walls of his family estate, orbited by the funeral moon, where the bones of his ancestors lie interred. But soon his Jedi abilities are recognized, and he is taken from his home to be trained in the ways of the Force by the legendary Master Yoda. As he hones his power, Dooku rises through the ranks, befriending, befriending fellow Jedi sifo and taking a Padawan of his own, the promising Qui-Gon Jinn, and tries to forget the life that he once led. But he finds himself drawn by strange fascination with the Jedi Master Lean Kastana and the mission she undertakes for the Order finding and studying ancient relics of the Sith in preparation for the eventual return of the deadliest enemies the Jedi have ever faced. Caught between the world of the Jedi, the ancient responsibilities of his lost home, and the alluring power of the relics, Dooku struggles to stay in the light even as the darkness begins to fall. Dude, fucking sign me up. That sounds rad. Yeah, that's really cool. Well well written. Well written, and it's like I am all about learning about what Dooku was up to when he was a Jedi. Yeah, because that's a big question when you watch the prequels. A huge question. Like, what about this Count Dooku guy that seems incredibly powerful and evil and comes out of nowhere? Like, I mean, clearly he came out of somewhere, but we just have no, we know, we have no backdrop to that. Right. You know, there was nothing about Dooku in A Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. So I can't, I can't wait. I think that sounds real rad, and I think it comes out fairly soon. I hope it comes out. In I think time. that would have been cool. I'm not trying to second guess, second guess George Lucas, but you know, every time Darth Sidious showed up in a Phantom Menace, it could have been Dooku instead, just as easily, and you would have had this question the whole time about where the fuck is the Emperor until that last scene where, you know, Palpatine says something about we'll watch your career closely yeah the thing is is if you have dooku in the phantom menace that does kind of um definitely throws off the rule of two right if you got darth maul as well right so it's coming out april 30th so not in time for celebration but still cool um i was just hoping to be able to listen to that on our long ass drive to chicago so the other thing i would say would have been cool is if you know if the prequel trilogy had been like sat down and mapped out before they started filming anything like from the beginning then you could have had the opportunity i think to have dooku as a jedi in a couple of scenes of the phantom menace Ooh, that'd been cool 
you know, or at least in the Senate, you know, or something, you know. Right. Well, he's a Jedi. Canonically, he's a Jedi at that point. He, I don't think he leaves the Jedi until after uh, Qui Gon dies. Okay. He definitely doesn't become apprentice of Darth Sidious until after Darth Maul dies. You know. So. And see, I don't know, and and I just don't know how close Palpatine stuck to this whole rule of two thing because it kind of seems like. He had apprentices in waiting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, he had his apprentice, but he also seemed like he had, you know, apprentices in waiting, like apprentices in training for as soon as one gets, you know, knocked off. And let's be honest, <laughs> they find ways to skirt this whole rule of two thing pretty easily because you have Asajj Ventress in the Clone Wars who, for all intents and purposes, is a Sith. But she's not a Sith. You know, they never, she's not a Sith. She's a dark Jedi, but she uses a a red lightsaber. She is a a master of the dark side, et cetera, et cetera. So they find it always confused me on why she wasn't a Sith. Like, why do you go out of your way to say she's not a Sith? You know what I mean? So it doesn't break the rule of two. Okay. I see now. I see now. And and then obviously, like, if things had gone differently, Dooku would have, you know, killed his master Sidious, and then she would have been a, his Sith apprentice. You know what I mean? Right. Like she would have become a Sith, but things didn't shake out that way, obviously. <clears throat> but I think that's a fascinating um, piece of Star Wars canon to explore, and I'm really looking forward to checking that out. Like that is a synopsis and a an idea that gets me fa- fairly hyped. Me too. Yeah, man. All right. Um, and that was, one of the things I really liked about the Sod's Ventress Count Dooku mm-hmm. um, whole setup was they both used the curved fencing kind of lightsabers. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Again, that's one of my favorite lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Hilts. It's so fancy. So fancy. <clears throat> All right. Um, you want to jump into voicemails and stuff? Let's do that. We'll do voicemails, and then uh, we'll get into the juicy business. Let's hear a little song from our buddy Steve D, though. Cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crash box Gee Cockhead, running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty, cockhead, to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty, cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. I didn't hear any of that. I wasn't supposed to, right? Right. Yeah, I still need to straighten out those technical difficulties with our Skype. There's just no time. All right. There's no time, man. 
First up, we got our buddy King Tom. Hey, Hawes and Will. First off, I just got to say, you guys could talk about whatever the hell you want. I was joking when I said keep it to Star Wars. If you want to talk about the Wizard of Oz, go ahead. If you want to talk about soda, go ahead. Whatever you guys want to talk about. I just didn't want... Or it was, you know, a joke about being a Wizard of Oz podcast. But it's kind of funny that I should say that because for the last week, I've had a question on my head that's kind of related to the Wizard of Oz. Uh Uh-oh. You know how there's that whole urban legend that if you play... Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon at the same moment, you know, starting when The Wizard of Oz starts, the the, the music and the movie syncs up perfectly. I was kind of wondering, and this was, you know, last week after the episode, I was wondering if there's any album that matches up with a Star Wars movie like that. And I'll tell you, I've been thinking about this all week, and I can't think of a damn thing. And that's mostly because I listen, you know, Weezer, obviously, and a lot of alt-rock, modern-rock type stuff, some 80s pop and things like that. And and I don't know if it's because, you know, the albums I listen to aren't really whole artistic albums enough. And I think that, that an exercise like that, trying to match up a movie to a themed album, might work better with a more prog-rock oh type effort uh and and what i listen to really isn't that sort of thing so i couldn't think of anything the other reason i think it might be that you can't do that with a star wars movie is because the star wars movies are so tied to john williams slash classical music and it's really hard to picture any other type of music playing. Mm. Sure, every now and then you'll have a trailer that you know mixes in a different type of music. That guy, um, I think Star Wars Alert, Nick Skywalker on YouTube, he does some, some some great little trailers. But those are only trailers, and it matches up trailers with imagery, and it's not the whole story carried through. And I, I know we've talked about this before, but you really don't want even something like the Avengers where it, it, it kind of is a classical store score, but it's a more modern take on it. Something like that wouldn't even work with star Wars. So maybe it's an exercise that wouldn't work at all, but I, I am wondering if, if, if I'm wrong or if, if this is something that, that you think too. So, you know, whole question that's basically nah, it wouldn't work anyway. Thanks for listening. And I will talk to you guys later. Oh, now see, this gets my mind grapes fucking popping off like fireworks right now. I wonder if there is a way to sync up an album. Like, is is there some weird happenstance? Because let's be honest. Have you ever watched Wizard of Oz with Dark Side of the Moon, Will? I have. Only once. Yeah, me too. Only once. We might have done that together. It might have been with you if I, I remember. Um, and it is strangely... Like it's strangely odd. appropriate. It is, but there's no way it was intentional. No way. It doesn't sync up. It, like, <laughs> it does in know, parts, but not it, completely. Like, there are moods. You know, this scene are painted with this mood. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like... 
you know, every every beat of the movie syncs up with the album perfectly, you know. Like, Dude, that was some potent ass weed that whoever discovered that for the first time, man, like there there might have been substances stronger than weed involved, but whoever cracked that code is like a fucking psychedelic explorer on the fucking level of Lewis and Clark. God damn. I bet it was an accident. Oh, I for bet, sure. I bet some Pink Floyd plan fan you know, as was playing Dark Side of the Moon on repeat, as we do. And I'm sure Wizard of Oz was just on TV, muted in the background. Um, I, Dark Side of the Moon spent some sort of incredible amount of time on the charts. Not necessarily at number one, but it spent like a decade oh, wow. on the top 40 albums, you know, like something like that. Yeah, man. I was thinking the other day, I know that I just was remarking about how old I am. You know, like children today don't and, you know, will never listen to a whole album. No, I don't know if they it have does the attention kind of, span to, but like it does. They don't know anything about listening to an album, just sitting down. and Yeah, it's it's just like, dude, I couldn't tell you the last time personally I sat and listened to music while I wasn't doing something else. You know what I'm saying? Kids will never know anything about, you know, picking up the phone, calling your friend and be like, is so-and-so home? You know, yep. can I talk to so-and-so? That just doesn't, you know, doesn't Oh, my happen. dude. Dude, that fucking nervous anxiety in your stomach when you would call a girl or someone you were attracted to. Calling a girl to. and her dad answers the phone. Oh, my oh. God. It's like, it's your voice immediately jumps three octaves. And oh you don't God. want it to. Is so-and-so home? Oh my god. Um so now it's going to be my goal to try and sync up one of my favorite albums to a Star Wars movie. Ooh. We need to put Lateralus to that's, something. That's that's what I was going to say. Lateralus yeah. is my all-time favorite of all-time album and I have to find a way to sync that up to a Star Wars movie. I've got 10 Star Wars movies right now to choose from. Soon to be 11. I don't know why, but I I think it would be cool to sync up Attack of the Clones to something heavy metal. I think that would help with some of those scenes. Yeah. Or or maybe like the sword or something. Ooh. And see, once again, like the reason Dark Side of the Moon obviously wasn't done intentionally because the the album runs out before the movie runs out. Yeah. And you're yeah. going to run into that. Like there's, unless you're doing a fucking two, a double, you know, like a double album from someone, there's no way it's going to run. Up. And I think some people have it digitally loaded, you know, like on, you can do it on YouTube where oh, they yeah. have it like set for you or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only way to fly now. Like fuck trying to queue up the CD and the movie at the same time and shit. That's they start. You know, yeah. Right Cause it's weird. You have to start playing the album the second time the lion roars in the MGM logo or something. Yep, that's it. And we know way too much about this. Oh well. <laughs> oh, oh well. I, I I don't know that anybody listening is like I'm surprised these two dudes know about that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> something tells me like there's a couple people listening that were like, well, that was a given. No surprise there. <clears throat> um. Man, I just hit a fucking... Dark Side of the Moon, one of my favorite album of all time. 
Yeah. There's his lateralis. Dark Side of the Moon is my favorite album of all time, followed secondly by Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Both of those would be within my top 10 for sure somewhere. It's been a while and there's definitely been some uh some new metal albums that have fallen out of grace uh just over time, you know. Right. Um, so they would definitely be they would be somewhere in my top 10 for sure. Jimi Hendrix Are You Experienced? That's a good album. <clears throat> um we can move on. There are so many good albums. I know, man. Who do we have up next as far as um, voicemails go? We had King Tom, and I'm going to have a hard time thinking about anything but King Tom's voicemail because it was so fucking fascinating to think about. It was kingly. He's... I'm glad we brought it back around to uh, Wizard of Oz for him, though. Yeah, man. Uh, but... Blue Harvest, uh, Wizard of Oz and Star Wars podcast. All right, next up, we have our buddy James. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Haws and Will. Just finished listening to the latest episode and wanted to call in and respond to the discussion where you guys were talking about how to introduce kids to Star Wars. In my personal experience, when I introduced my youngest to Star Wars, he was three years old, and I decided one day that I had had enough of watching Cars and Cars 2 for the five billionth time, (laughs) so I threw in A New Hope, and he starts throwing a fit, and I don't want to watch this, this is boring, this is stupid, you know, typical three-year-old stuff, and it took all of about three minutes before he was completely hooked the second he saw darth vader he was just completely enthralled so we ended up watching the entire original trilogy in one day and then moved on to watching the prequels fast forward five years later this is the same son that i will be bringing to star wars celebration here in just a few weeks so let's catch up over to Star Wars Celebration and your discussion on the lottery. I personally love the lottery system because when they announced that the Mandalorian panel would be happening the same day that we would be there, we're only going to be there on Sunday, We, I, I really wanted to go to that. So... I figured, you know, it would be great to go and see it, but I'm not going to be sitting in line overnight when I'm paying out the wazoo for a hotel and subject my eight-year-old to sitting in said line overnight. It was just a ridiculous thought to me. So now with the lottery system, we have the opportunity to go and check out the Mandalorian. Um, hopefully we get in. If not, no big deal. Just more shopping time as, uh, as we continue to build on our collection. But yeah, enjoy the show as always. Just wanted to weigh in. And uh, Haas, looking forward to hopefully meeting up with you while we're there. Uh, like, uh, like for the two biggest Boba Fett fans that I know to actually meet in person. Thanks so much, guys. Hell yeah, buddy. I can't wait. You should. That sounds uh, awesome. You should message me on Twitter or something on Sunday and we'll try to meet up. And for any of our other listeners going to Star Wars Celebration, if you see me wheeling around having a good old time, make sure to say, hey, I'm nice. 
I, like, right, Will? I'm a pleasant person. You don't look nice, but you're nice. I you're don't much look nicer nice? than you look. Really? You think I look like someone unapproachable? You look like somebody that would tell me to get the hell off your lawn. Really? Damn. I mean, you don't look mean. Hmm. You just you just look like you'd be like, hey, you get out of here. It's a cousin. Is it the is it the beard? It's the long beard uh-huh. and the long hair. Uh-huh. I mean, I have the same problem. I scare small children. I have a long beard and hair. Usually, dogs are very intimidated. I don't know what it is about that. But uh, my dogs love you. Well, they know me. Yeah. You know, they you know they grew up around me. Dharma did at least. Um, okay. So learning new things. So despite uh, how I look, I am nice. Guys come up to me and I have so much blue harvest giveaway swag for celebration. So many stickers and things. Four different sticker designs, a button. We got rogue one stuff. Guys, come on, hit me up. I'm bringing it to give away. We need to, I need to make, we need to get blue jean vests or blue jean jackets right. and deck them out with Star Wars patches of all our, of like all our buddy podcasts. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody on the Making Star Wars Network and anyone that's friends of the show, just fill it up with patches of Star Wars podcasters. I wonder where my vest is. You remember my vest? I remember your vest. It was a, metal as fuck. I have a fucking metal blue jean vest somewhere. Cut off. Cut off at the arms, little yep. frayed. Big old patch on the back, patches yep. all over it. There's a there is a Star Wars patch on it. Little chrome skulls and shit. Like the biggest patch on it is a Stone Cobra patch on the back. It sure is. I need to dig that thing out. Maybe I'll break it out and wear it to Star Wars Celebration with my Ooh, mullet. That'd be sick. With my mullet, because it is with a mullet vest. It can't. It, you know what? You probably look like a biker. You're gonna look like a like a. You belong to the Moss Eisley Motorcycle Club. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, James, hit me up on Sunday. I'll meet you guys at a, a meeting location on the floor, food court or something, and I'll load you down with stickers and stuff, my dude. <clears throat> Man, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Star Wars Celebration. Dude, do you know how to be awesome it'd be if swoop bikes and speeder bikes were real? Fuck yeah, it would be. Oh, it'd be so cool. Dude, you know what I was thinking about? You know we had the the discussion on whether I should get a mullet last week? Yeah. What if I got the Lobot? Ooh. I got my hair cut. The, the Captain Picard where all you kept was <laughs> the strap around the back? Yeah, but bigger because it would have to be the size of Lobot's head device and like i think i got enough hair i would never do that but i was like that'd be funny that'd be a funny way to cosplay as Lobot. i just can only imagine how white the top oh of God. your head would be white as you the know, driven like, snow you know just never seen sunlight just oh my god the scalp of someone with super lush hair that's never seen sunlight and people coming around trying to write on that shit with a dry erase marker because it looks like a whiteboard <clears throat> all right Next up, we got a voicemail from our buddy. We got a lot of voicemails this week. Thank you, guys. It really saves me from uh, illiterately trying to read. This is from our buddy, Jacoby. 
Hello there, Haas and Will. Jacoby here again. Great episode last week, guys, and I don't want to speak on behalf of everyone, but I, I wouldn't worry too much or be too concerned about uh, going on the tangents that you guys do, because I'm one of the fellows that's in the camp of I show up for the Star Wars, but I stay for the tangents. I had kind of a fun question this week I wanted to ask you guys. I've been thinking a lot about um, Galaxy's Edge and how all of these people who work for Disney are going to have these great new jobs and it's supposed to be this really immersive experience so much to the point where you could almost feel like you really are in Star Wars. That's the plan. So I was thinking, you know, I've been working as a butcher for the same outfit for 14 years now. And I was thinking, like, what would I like to do if I were working in a Star Wars land. And I was thinking about how cool it would be to work in that lightsaber shop, you know, help people pick out their kyber crystals and help them Ooh. construct their lightsabers. And you could be all obsessed within yourself thinking about the lore and stuff behind it all. I think that'd be really fun to do. So what would you guys want to do if you could work in this galaxy, Galaxy's Edge? Um, what type of job would you guys want to do? Would you want to do something kind of similar to what you do now or... Or something a little different. Anyway, I hope the two of you are well, and I uh, can't wait to see what you guys talk about. Uh, keep on keeping on, fellas. Blue Harvest, friends and family. Be good to yourselves and be good to each other. This is Jacoby, punching out. Jacoby, I have a, a question for you. And we also have another listener who's a butcher. Liam the Butcher. He hasn't written in a little while. Um, I have a question for you guys. This is something I've always wanted to ask a professional butcher in your opinion and both of you feel free to answer if you'd like what is the overlooked cut of meat you know what i mean like what is it that people don't get that you're like and i'll add to this question even other parts of the cow that aren't necessarily meat the least you least utilized parts of the animal not even the cow you know cut of meat but also okay i mean I, we're probably going to hear tongue Right. I, I would think tongue or maybe oxtail. In Spanish societies, it's called lengua, and you you basically just braise it till it's super tender. And lengua tacos are like beef tongue tacos. Oh, that's what that is. They have those at my favorite taco truck. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. I mean, it's just like any other beef. Right. You know. Yeah, let me know that. That's something I find kind of interesting. So, Will, what would you do if you could have any job at... Uh, it would be cool to cook Star Wars, but I'm I'm I might freak out at the amount of live ingredients served live, you know, because Jabba's eating like live frogs. Well, no, okay, we're th think about like in the real world, like if you were working at Galaxy's Edge. Okay, like at Disney. Okay, yeah. all right. Uh, my dream job would be like the Sindralig lightsaber instructor. Yeah, like the uh, you know you, you you and your kid come for you know, lightsaber kendo. And I'm, I'm basically instructing your lightsaber training. Right. Cause if you were a chef at galaxy's edge, you're not like you're behind the scenes. Right. Right. You know, you're not getting to actually participate. I was, I was owning the star Wars job thing. Like, yeah. So literally what I think this is not a feature of the park, but I was thinking about this today. If you want some really good information on Galaxy's Edge, go listen to Steel Wars, our buddy Steel, Steel Wars, um, his latest episode with Anthony Bresnikan, who got to go tour Galaxy's Edge for his EW article, 
go listen to that and there's some really cool information but when Mr. i was listening Steel saunders always has the exclusive man he... and uh and and potent content information <clears throat> so um Pungent. what i was gonna say uh this is not a feature of the park but i think it would be cool and this is obviously playing into my interest but if there was a bounty system at galaxy's edge so you know they're going to have this disney play parks app where while you're going through galaxy's edge you can use your phone to scan shipping crates and it'll tell you what's in it and it'll keep track of like your scores and stuff and the rides and like it's going to have this fair amount of phone activity well i think it would be cool if you could go to a dude in this case it would be me who works in a shop and he's like the guy you get your bounties from and I tell you, like, you need to find such and such in the park. They've got a bounty on them. And then, like, you can scan them with your phone or something to, like, complete the bounty. And there's some sort of, I don't know, some sort of reward associated with it and stuff. I just think that could be a <clears throat> another neat integration into the park. That'd be cool. Like, the bounty is to find Captain Phasma and take a picture with her. You know, like. Or what, whatever it is. <clears throat> yeah. I was going to say maybe even another park attendee, but then that might lead to like that attendee. Well, like obviously you couldn't assign the same attendee for every person because yes, that would, and then you could get into a weird territory of like people maybe harassing each other or, you know, kind of uh, inviting some things you might not want to go down. I'll give you a hundred dollars to come talk to us first. Right. Or whatever it is. Uh, besides that, I think being the shopkeep at any of the shops would be cool. Like he said, the lightsaber shop, the the like Jedi and Sith relic shop, the droid builder shop. That would be cool to be a droid engineer. And like growing up on stage, like like being in show choir and plays and stuff, like I would love to be one of the Jedi just walking around. You know, give me a robe and a tunic. I'll let the hair down and just go, you know, talk to kids, you know, like. Tell them, let the force be with you. You know, just you know, just be be the cool Jedi guy in the park. Um, yeah, that would be pretty cool too. Be the the Qui Gon Jinn looking dude walking around. So our next voicemail, like, I know we've gotten a voicemail from this person before, and look, I, I just can't imagine that our little podcast is big enough to get this person's attention, but. Apparently, we've got another voicemail from Bob Iger. So, oh, okay. Uh, let's let's hear what he has to say. Haas, baby. It's Bobby I again. Thanks for helping me out with the man's DeLorean. But I need another favor from you. I'm in a real pickle this time. Hey, speaking of pickles, this pickle's too sour. Damn it, bring me another one with my, an extra hot frappuccino. Okay, where was I, Mr. Barkdale? Oh, yeah, my dilemma. I was sending a package out, and I did the most ridiculous thing ever. I was sending a priceless gift to Oscar Isaac. He has a thing for Jedis that crush box and have a penis-shaped head. Speaking of penis, where's my pickle? So anyways, Haas, baby. I was tripping balls on acid while flying the Millennium Falcon through hyperspace and Galaxy's Edge. Perhaps I had too much blue milk on top of it. Hey, where's my 
Pacino. So long story short, Mr. Birkenstock, <laughs> while I was tripping balls on acid and drunk as a moof milker on blue milk, I accidentally sent a gift to Oscar Meyer instead of Oscar Isaac. Who the hell names their kid Oscar? I mean, Oscar the Grouch? Oscar Meyer? What's the difference? So I was checking YouTube to see what Mike Zero was up to. And then I jumped over to Twitter to check Blue Harvest. You motherfuckers make me laugh. Especially when I'm tripping balls. And that's when I saw it. You had the card that I meant to send to Oscar, that Oscar guy. Why the hell would everything addressed to Oscar Meyer end up at your place? So I need you to give it to Oscar Isaac at Celebration. That crazy bastard is staying at a haunted hotel. Who the hell would do that? So can you do this for me, baby? By the way, we still have not heard from Harrison. Is he still hanging out with that steel guy? Okay, Mr. Burkhammer, I have to go finish recording the vocal tracks for IG-88. Ciao, baby. So that, I definitely know the answer to a question now. Last Saturday, I got a package, no joke, at the house addressed to Oscar Mayer. Oh. And it was a signed Tops Kia D card, signed by the oh. actor who played Kia D. Ooh, it wow. Is, it is incredible. So apparently it came from Bob Iger. Wow. 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 <laughs> wow. Uh. That's really fascinating. <laughs> Thanks for the Kia D card, Mr. Bobby I. Kia D. Um, <laughs> Bobby Iger was listening to some yodeling music? I don't know. What the it fuck? Is, like, he's eating... German folk music? He's eating pickles and hot frappuccinos? Yeah. Oh. Well, what's a frappuccino? Uh, I... See, okay. I assume that um, it's a beverage that was created by Starbucks, you know, because to frappe is like, I think to to beat swiftly. I, I don't want to mislead you. I may need to look it up. Well, but as I, far know as I know, I know frappuccinos is. are always served cold. Okay, but it's I, like a cappuccino, so like sugar, milk, coffee, so over ice. You know, like it, cold, chilled. You're close. It is. It's frozen. It is like a coffee slushy, or a milkshake, yeah. basically. <clears throat> and I want to tell you something that happened. I want to tell you how vicious the love of my life is to me. And yeah. after your revelation of what I look like, maybe I know why now. Because she thinks I look like unapproachable, and she's like, "I'm gonna own this fool." So listen, to what happens? We're watching something. I know exactly what we were watching. Uh, we were watching uh, a video on Jack Black's YouTube channel. And right. in his video, he and his stunt double were going through the uh, drive-thru at, at Starbucks, right? First first, <laughs> first little bullet here. Jack Black has a stunt double? Yeah, for, he's filming Jumanji 2 right now. Oh, okay. Does he look like Jack Black? Uh, if... I'm sure he's portly with a beard and Yeah, and I mean, hair, you but. know, like close enough for stunt double work for sure. Um, and they were going through the drive through at uh Starbucks and 
his stunt double got a, a, a Frappuccino. And as soon as it showed up on screen, I was like, what the hell is that? And Jesse explained it to me. And she thought Which is it funny was funny because go ahead. She thought it was hilarious that you didn't know what it was. Yes. She thought it was so. And the reason she thought it was so funny is because it's obviously something right up my alley because I'm not a big coffee guy. If I'm going to drink coffee, it's kind of got to be the kind of coffee. That's the worst coffee for you. It's got to have a yeah. lot of extra shit in it and stuff. Yeah. So she explains it to me and I'm like, how do I not know this? That sounds like it would be like my favorite thing ever. And she's like, I always wondered why every time we went to Starbucks, you never got one. And I thought you were just like trying to control yourself. Meanwhile, knowing like (laughs) I don't get healthy drinks at Starbucks. That's still, that's even more funny because you know, when the three of us were at Disneyland, Jesse and I each got a Frappuccino, like a chilled like a like you know like a slushy like like really? a, a frappuccino. She and I both had one. And what did I have? I don't remember what you had, but you probably neglected a, the frappuccino. A diet coke. I mean, I think probably. you had sipped some after we got it, but I'll be damned. I yeah, she made so much fun of me. She even took it to Twitter to make fun of me on Twitter. Which okay, so the thing about frappuccinos is like the the the. the I'm not trying to get us in trouble or anything, but like the consensus on the internet is that it's the drink of, you know, basic bitches, like basic bitches order Frappuccino from Starbucks. It's kind of like the joke, like, you know, they go to a coffee place for a, well, I guess that's what I am then. An ice slushy. Because like, I don't ever see myself going to Starbucks and not getting one. And then other people jumped in online, like our buddy Jeff, who worked at Starbucks and Emily Lind, who worked at Starbucks and they were both like, dude, don't order them. They're everybody's least favorite thing. Apparently they're a pain in the ass to make. Yeah. Especially like if you're slammed at Starbucks and stuff like, but they are delicious. All right. Let's see. Who do we have next? We have our buddy, Jim. Let's hear what he has. Oh, apparently his voicemail is about Lobot. How convenient. Well, if it isn't River and We Tough, how y'all Jedi Masters doing? Um, so I'm digging a ditch right now, uh, for some wire, but uh, made me start thinking about death. No, um, I've been thinking about this a little while. So you're going to that haunted hotel. You're staying in that haunted hotel still, right? Um, pause. I uh was curious about that and so you're gonna have a handy capable room right i mean so how long was that room handy capable i mean has it always been because that might change what type of ghosts what type of phantasms you might see in your room i mean i see I where can't this is going what kind you'd see i know where this is going in a room of handy capable ghosts but uh Maybe if we use our imaginations, we can figure out what kind. But uh, I recommend don't take any pictures of your room. That's how you're going to get somebody back with you. But, um, yeah, that's that's my main question. And um, what do you think Lando's going to do, man? I'm really uh, – I'm trying to keep myself subverted or something. 
So he's not going to, this is the worst case scenario. If anything, uh, anything I'm about to say doesn't happen in the movie, then I'll be happy. So, uh, Lando Calrissian shows up, no mustache. Okay. He's a bum in the streets of cloud city. All right. He just lost his cape, uh, in a Pazak, uh, game. And, you know, he's selling Lobot. Lobot's now Blobot because he's trying to make money that way. Oh, poor Lobot. Well, he's artificial intelligence. Anyway. Oh, and no clapping. He does no clapping whatsoever. So, I don't know. Do you think, uh, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, is he going to be in good shape when we come across him? I really, I I don't know. I sure hope he's... uh, basically the same but i know he's gonna have to have some sort of arc but damn i, I can't wait for some slick billy d and i want him to talk to me you know that's it those are my hopes but uh what do you think ignite the green guys i can almost guarantee you that the exact opposite is what lando is of gonna every be. single one of those things yeah <laughs> oh poor lobot um poor lobot I think Lo I, I think Lando will provide an important piece of the puzzle of episode nine. I'm not expecting him to be it be in it a ton. Definitely, you know, probably not even on the level of a Han Solo in The Force Awakens. But I also don't see you wanting to change the personality and character of Lando too much. I think he's gonna be smooth. I think well We'll just say this without getting too spoilerly. That's going to come later in the show. He's definitely still well dressed. My my guess uh, for what Lando will be like is that he is <clears throat> charming. He will serve to basically maybe bolster our heroes in a time where it's where they seem down, or provide safe haven or cover for them in a time when they're in need. He'll basically slap them on the back you know, give them a, look, everything's going to be fine, or I got you this time, and send them on their way. You know what I mean? As yeah. like a, just, uh, I guess, like a an Oasis character, kind of. Yeah. And then <clears throat> I think he'll be well off, though. I'd like to see that he improves his deal-making, because that was kind of, you know, the deal, like, in Return of the Jedi, it was like, that wasn't part of the deal. And, you know, Darth Vader's like, I'm altering the deal. That's, an, I, that's an empire. Empire, sorry, yeah. an empire, right. But, um, you know, like, maybe it, it, it increases his business prowess. Or, because he kind of stopped being a businessman and became a military man in Return of the Jedi. So he could really do anything. You know, I don't yeah. see him being in a bad, in bad shape. No, I think he's going to you know, be Han pretty Solo well established. A biz, you know, a business owner, but he wasn't in bad shape. He had a giant ship, and he was smuggling illegal contraband like he likes to do. Yeah, he was also apparently fucking over a couple of vicious gangs, though. So that's that's always something. Um, speaking of the haunted hotel, latest update on the haunted hotel. I don't know if Jim did some research and found this out, but our buddy Tracy, Tracy Moon, looked into the hotel and he came across a piece of information apparently one of the ghosts who haunts the hotel was a gentleman who had a wooden peg leg for one of his legs and you can hear that wooden leg 
stomping up and down one of the hallways. So that ghost really is a crippled Crippled ghost. I wonder if he, I thought he was setting up for that the whole time. Oh, that's definitely what he was setting up for. Okay. I don't know if he knows about. Because is he listening to the, he's listening to the backlog, right? I think he finished. I think he finished up listening to the backlog. So he's definitely heard it. Well, I saw it coming. I felt it coming. Um, you haven't gotten me with one of those in a while. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, there. And it would be my luck after all those dumb jokes at my own expense that then that is what I end up getting haunted by while that Star Wars. Left, peg leg ghost shows up, and he's yep. So <laughs> he's like, so you like crippled ghost, huh? Yeah, you think that's real funny, huh? It's not you should, fun. You're supposed you to be on my side. Yeah, see? Yeah. You should uh, <clears throat> bring a little vial of holy water and like a stick of sage just in case. Okay. I'm, not, I don't, not that I know that all those work, but why not have them you know, in case? Right. Okay. I'll look into that. Okay, we got another voicemail. Let's see, um, who's next on the voicemail train? I think we got one more, and then we'll do some emails, and then we will uh, talk about some spiciness. Okay, this one is from Mr. Burns. So Yes, splendid. Um, here we go. How's it going, dudes? This is Kelby Burns, and this is my first time sending a question in. Uh, That being said, I've listened to this podcast all the time. It's one of my favorites. I absolutely love it, so thank you for that. My question is revolving around Star Wars Battlefront 2 and Star Wars Resistance. Now, from what I can gather, y'all two absolutely enjoy Star Wars Resistance, which is awesome. I have yet to see it yet, because I've been waiting to stream it all, all at once. That being said, I feel like I sort of have an understanding on how it ended. They go into hyperspace, and they they don't know where they're going, basically. Uh, so Star Wars Battlefront Two, the while the game has some issues, I absolutely love the story mode of it, and they I loved Iden uh, Versio and Del Mico. And when they added the second part to the story, when they introduced Zay Miko, I thought that was absolutely awesome. So when Battlefront 2 story mode ended, uh, it had Zay Miko going to go find the Resistance to warn them about the incoming Dreadnought with uh, Shriv, which she does. And after she does that, she gets sent on a secret mission by General Organa. And we don't know what that secret mission was. So I was wondering, could it be possible... That they have Zay and Shriv go help the Colossus, uh, go help the Colossus uh, find the Resistance. Ooh, that would be cool. They, we all know that they need that uh, the the fueling station. I just think that'd be an awesome way to tie in the video game with the TV series. I mean, seeing how it's all canon, why not do that? It'd be awesome. Also, because I don't think they're going to ever continue the story of Zay Miko on Battlefront Two, so it'd be a perfect way for them to continue the story. On Star Wars Resistance, especially since, you know, both characters are around the same age, her and Kaz. I just think it'd be awesome. 
What do you guys think? That's all I really got to say, guys. Uh, you know, uh, have safe travels for, for when you go to celebration. You know, drive safely or fly safely, whatever y'all doing. Uh, that's about it. Uh, may that force be with you. Kelby. Oh, man. That's a cool idea. It is, and I think it would be perfect. So I always assumed that they were going to save Zay Miko's story for Battlefront 3, you know, whenever that comes, which may or may not happen. I kind of think it will, but <clears throat> if they don't do that, then having her show up in Resistance would be so rad. I would love to see some crossover like that. Like this whole time we've been talking about like, Ooh, in season two, you know, if they get to the period in between episode eight and nine, then like Rose and Finn and Ray and other characters can show up. Never once did I think about Zay, Miko or Shriv and seeing those two characters in resistance would be so cool. I love that. It idea. would. I don't know how, how likely <clears throat> it is, but man, is that a cool idea? I love the character Shriv. I love the, the all the characters in Battlefront. Yeah, like, that's true. The shithead First Order officer, like, what a fucking punchable asshole. Like, the guy that's part of Inferno Squad that doesn't... Yeah, the guy from Arrow. Yes, fuck that dude, man. Fuck him! Oh, I want to punch his stupid face. He made a fantastic villain. He did. I, that's the sign of doing a really good villain, is like how much I hate that dude. Oh, man. Such a good idea. Props, Mr. Burns. Be a little nicer to Smithers while you're at it. All right, here we go. This one's from Utah. Dougie. Dougie. Pause and Will. I was listening to an older Blue Harvest episode and have never laughed so hard. When you guys were talking about getting your nutsack and butthole tattoos and the logistics with that, especially with getting Botox net nuts with a Palpatine tat. I almost died. Keep up the great work and thank for your, thanks for your great podcast, Dougie. How's your Botox nut treatment? We did that? We did do that. Because remember, somebody sent me, somebody emailed the podcast with like 30 butthole tattoos. Do you remember oh, when yeah. that happened? Yeah, and you were like, and you t you were like if you if any of you guys can find any butthole or taint tattoos send them in and then you got a flood of inappropriate content things you can never unsee uh, apparently i did unsee them at some point because i just now remembered this wow and didn't you talk last week about having botox in your in your balls to get the wrinkles out no I don't think so. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying that that uh, I haven't talked about that in the past. I'm just saying I don't think that happened last week. <clears throat> All right, here we go. It's so fresh. It's, it's so, so fresh, fresh in my memory. Um, here we go. This one is from our buddy Aaron. Hello, Halls and Will. I wanted to leave a voicemail for the podcast, but with a three-year-old and an eight-month old girl it would sound more like the second geonosin indoor war than a fan emailing in actually been meaning to write about a number of topics but one way or another life has distracted me so i'm going to quickly hit a few topics 
Uh, number one, I have been listening since roughly January of 2018. Knew roughly about Halls from making Star Wars and Rogue One, but didn't know Will, and seems like I'm not alone when I thought he was Star Trek's own Will Wheaton. I have zero nostalgia for Trek. The only big bangs I believe in are the birth of the universe, 4th of July, and my bedroom. So my appreciation for Wheaton, hey, is, hey. Wheaton is exclusive to his work on audio books. When I purchased the first Blue Harvest Holiday special, I was like, this is not Will Wheaton's voice. But I wasn't at all disappointed in the content, and I haven't been since. Well, thank hey, you, buddy. thanks. I love Respawn's work as well on Titanfall, Titanfall 2, and Apex Legends. But Fallen Order is sen- essentially a second team they hired up for about two and a half years ago and is being directed by Stig Asmussen, the Star Wars or the God of War 3 director, and also worked on various parts of God of War 1 or 2 and left Sony Santa Monica and joined Respawn in 2014. This game should bear a lot of that God of War influence with modern conventions and has been in some form of production since 2014. Vince Zappella is the co-founder of Infinity War and Respawn and main creative head at Respawn for the Titanfall titles, although he delegates a lot of that work successfully, uh, same as he did when he helped create Medal of Honor, Allied Assault, Call of Duty, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and now Titanfall. Sorry for that rant, but Zappella helped define modern shooters. There's no doubt about that. And to hear that Stig Asmussen, I think I'm saying his name right, the guy uh, that did that God of War work, is working on uh, Jedi Fallen Order, that is also exciting to yeah, hear. very exciting to hear. That is, that is a, a strong video game pedigree, any way you shake it out. I used to listen to Star Wars Underworld weekly. Hell, I'd listen to it live. Would love to listen to Ben Hart on your show so you can ask him why his opinion on Lord of the Rings is wrong. And now that stories are leading us to believe that the Benny and, Benioff and Weiss movies may be Star Wars meets Middle Earth. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I'm down to have. I'm going to see Ben Hart at Star Wars Underworld and I'll ask him in person. I'm not familiar. What is Ben Hart's take on Lord of the Rings? I'm honestly not sure myself. I, I honestly I don't. I was just curious. I don't know what his take is on Lord of the Rings, but I'll find out and I'll ask him on the show. Hell, I might even try and get him on the show during celebration. We'll see what we can do there. I'm trying. I'm Good trying, idea. guys. I'm trying to put out some content and make you guys be like, damn, I love this podcast. I'm going to tell other people to listen. And finally, he asks. What if there was a survivor horror game where all the en- enemies in the city were raccoons? Aaron from Louisville, Kentucky. You hear that? I said it right. Louisville. I know how you guys roll over there. Louisville. Not um, in Louisville. Nope. And not in Louisville. Get the fuck out of here either. with that Louisville shit. Is Louisville or bust? Louisville. They Louisville. said there are no S's in this word. It's um, just a uh. If there was a survival horror game where all the enemies are raccoons, I would not play that game. Because I don't want to really? kill raccoons. Ooh, that would be an awesome game. I love raccoons. I don't want to kill raccoons. Uh, do you want to know how bad I felt the first time I accidentally killed a raccoon in Red Dead Redemption 2? I don't, I'm going to imagine it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. I was like, oh no. Dude, did you know that Huntsville has a new minor league baseball team? And you know what they're called? Are they the stars? No. 
They're the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Oh, really? The Rocket City are Trash they Pandas. They are. Oh, I man. have to get a shirt, and I don't even like baseball. And they used to be the Stars, the Huntsville City Stars. There was a minor league baseball team called the Stars there for the longest time. Well, maybe it's the same. And back when I was an itty-bitty child, there was a, uh, a hockey team called the Channel Cats. You used to have a hockey team in your current city of residence called the Tupelo T-Rex. The Tupelo T-Rex. I remember that now. I went to some long- t- Yeah, I went to some T-Rex games when I was a kid. And I was always like, well, why don't they fight more? The only thing I've seen in this arena is the monster trucks. Oh, I bet you that was rad. I've never been to monster trucks. It was cool. I saw Disney on ice too. They have um, occasionally the Marvel Universe live stage show comes to the BJCC here. And every time I see advertisements for it, the first thing I think is, oh man, I wish they did that with Star Wars. And the second thing I think is, I should go to that. We should. We should totally go. Get a giant uh, ice uh, snow cone in a Marvel cup. Fuck yeah! Get out of the nachos. Head or something. I'm going to BJCC on May 7th to see motherfucking Tool. Very excited. <laughs> All right, we're gonna do one more email. That will leave a couple of them left over. I'm sorry, guys, but we, you guys are so awesome. You've been flooding us. You know how we do. We get to you if we don't get to you. Um, we will next time. We will next time. All right. This is from our buddy, Sean. <clears throat> What's a pause and will with celebration right around the corner. I was wondering what you consider a must have in your convention supplies, perhaps a backpack full of snacks, a poster tube for all the artwork and autographs you pick up along the way. I'm curious because I inevitably always forget something. So perhaps this will jog my memory beforehand on a side note. I'd like to submit my haircut for Hall's vote. My vote goes for let Jesse straighten it or an undercut. See you in Chicago. Ooh. I don't know what an undercut is, but you don't you like an undercut's when a dude has long hair and they cut like just the sides. So like like they have shaved sides, but like if your hair's down, you can't really tell because it's oh, been undercut. I'm not in favor of that haircut. <laughs> um I'll let Jesse straighten it. I don't know about letting her straighten it um, when I'm going to be around other people, but I would be interested to see what my hair looked like straightened. You'd look like Soromon the White. Not because <laughs> of white, but it would be that straight. It's pretty white. <laughs> um, ooh, okay. So, celebration preparations. He mentioned a poster tube. A poster tube is an excellent idea. But I suggest picking one up in person because the one I got for Celebration Orlando last time is huge. It is the size, it's like the size of a person. And it was so hard to carry around. So, and I mean, the only thing I've, I've never been, but I, with those things, I'd imagine you want to purchase those later in the day so you don't have to carry them around all day. You know, if you're scared it's going to be bought up, I'm sure you want to buy it up. But yeah, well, if it's something there's a lot of, you know, yeah, I mean, if you're going to have to get there first thing and buy your stuff, if you're going to do a poster, like if you're going to be buying artwork, I suggest relegating that to a certain day. So you only have to take your poster tube one day to the convention and do all your artwork or poster buying on that day. Now, as far as autographs go, I wouldn't suggest. Um, having autographs put in a tube, what you should do 
is go on Amazon or anywhere and look up uh, plastic eight by 10 protectors. You can get like a 10 pack for very cheap. And they're like uh, a baseball card sleeve that you would put, um, you know, baseball cards in, but they're, you know, the hard rigid type and, but they're eight by 10 sized. And that way you can go get your eight by 10 autographed. Don't put it in the protector immediately. Let the ink dry, then put it in that protector and you can put it in a backpack or whatever you're carrying with you. And you don't have to worry about it getting messed up. Um, I'm going to take some of those with me, even though I don't think I'm going to be doing any autographs at this celebration. I'm going to be taking those to put like smaller artwork pieces and anything like that in to keep them safe in my bag. Um, another thing that I would suggest is <coughs> a multivitamin or something. Start taking something to try and boost up your immune system before celebration. Um, my buddy, our buddy Steele, recommended something called Counterattack to me. So I ordered some of that. It's because, you know, con crud is a bitch. I was sick for like a month after celebration last time. Um, hand sanitizer. Um, oh, a big one. Um, backup batteries. Like one of those portable phone charger batteries. Get one of those because you're going to want to be taking pictures. You're going to want to be taking like checking the celebration app. You're going to be want to doing stuff, stuff with your phone. So take one of those backup batteries that you can like plug your phone in to charge it because like access to outlets and stuff, that shit don't happen. So I actually carry a few of those with me just because like I take a lot of pictures. I dick around on my phone a lot. So <clears throat> that should be dying pretty quick over the course of a, a convention. I'm trying to think. You got any other good ideas? Maybe a refillable water bottle. Mm, that's a good Save one. Save on having to buy $5 beverages. That's a good one. Um, I imagine for you walker types, um, comfy shoes, like shoes that you're down to walk around in all day because there's a lot of walking or wheeling uh, involved with a star Wars celebration. Maybe uh, some little snacks. If yeah. you got low blood sugar, cause you may be in line for some things for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Snacks like all that stuff is, is right on point. I'm taking my, I'm taking a little bit more. I'm taking some recording stuff with me and stuff, but you know, obviously not everybody is going to have a need to carry all that, but just, uh, yeah, I would say those are some pretty solid, solid, uh, suggestions if you haven't thought about those all right so guys this is the point if you do not want us to hear hear us talk about leaked promotional artwork from episode nine and this is spoilery it is it is it is if you want to maybe be spoiler free now's the time to end the podcast yeah, like if you're the last thing we'll discuss if you're talking completely spoiler-free, this is where you back out. This is where you pull the parachute. Um, so, uh, just you know, trying to give you guys fair warning. If you're gonna, if you have warriors, now's the time. Um, one second. All right, guys. So, like I said. 
This is the turning back point. Oh, and a, a quick aside. I'm not 100% sure yet, but we may be taking next week off. The only reason I say that is because it's the Friday before Jesse and I leave for Chicago. Of course. And that may be real busy for us. So if if we do take off, don't worry. There's going to be a lot of content coming during Star Wars Celebration. So we'll make it up to you. But if you don't see a Blue Harvest on your feed next Saturday, that's why. Just wanted to explain. All right, guys, here we go. So this week, something crazy happened. And what appears to have happened is some early, like in progress promotional artwork from episode nine was leaked onto the internet. And it is neat. So when I say it's neat, like the things we see are neat. I am not a huge fan of like the design of the poster or like, you know, the layout of anything like that. This is by no means the theatrical poster or the official like Star Wars Episode Nine poster. This is <coughs> Promar art of some sort. Like you're going to see this artwork on like uh, school folders or lunch boxes or uh random star Wars posters that you can buy at like Spencer's gifts or Walmart or target. So, um, actually our buddy Corey of, of the Crocs himself pointed out that it looks very similar to artwork done by done for other sequel trilogy movies by a company called trends international. Um, I could show you some of their artwork and you'd probably recognize it. Will as being from like the TFA and, um, uh, Last Jedi era of okay. Star Wars. That's what it looks like. And once he pointed that out and showed some other examples, it makes a ton of sense that that might be where this is coming from. <clears throat> um, but which and the other thing that was uh, released was a character sheet. So basically, a picture depicting what five, five or six of our characters from the new Star Wars movie. Uh, what do you think we should talk about first, Will? The character sheet or the poster? Uh, let's talk about the character sheet, and then we will Get save into the, the poster. poster. Okay. So what's what do you think? What do you think about this look at these characters? I think, I mean, none of it seems really surprising, to be honest. Right. I mean, that's kind of my major takeaway. So the characters we see are Lando. Lando, um, he looks like Lando from Solo. Like he he's wearing the the yellow shirt, the black cape with like a blue collar, maybe even a blue lining, um, fancy pants. It looks like he's got like a holster, which is cool, around his chest. Yeah, it's definitely a holster. You can see the the gun sticking out from behind his cape. Yeah. Um, he's and got a cane. A cane. Oh, I just noticed. Look over to the left of Lando, just peeking on the side of the picture. There's another character cut off. Do you see that? I do. Peeking out on the side. I didn't notice that. Uh, then we have Chewbacca, looking like Chewbacca. Then we have Ray, who looks badass. Yeah. All white, like decked out in all white. Her outfit doesn't look terribly different um, style wise from 
The Last Jedi or The Force Awakens, except it's white. Full-on light side Jedi badass. Yep. It appears. brown leather accents. Yeah, and, and like her arm wraps seem to only go up to like her elbow. And in The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens, they went up further than that. Yeah, she's just got forearm wraps right now. Um, it appears she's still using the Skywalker saber. It does. Which that you know that's that was always a big question. Uh, then we move on to Poe Dameron, who I got to give credit where credit is due. Johnny nailed it. He looks like ben- Brendan Fraser from the Mummy. His outfit. Yeah, does. yeah, looking a little uh, archaeological. I don't know, tactical. Looking a little desert explorer. Yeah, nineteen twenties explorer. Uh, and then we which s- is surprising because I kind of assumed he was gonna step into a more leadership role. You know, after the Last Jedi, but it kind of looks like he's in a more boots on the ground role. I mean, he could still be in a leadership role, but it just his outfit may denote what kind of adventure he's out on. You know, and plus we don't know if this is his outfit for the entirety of the movie either. Right. Uh, and then we see Finn. Finn is decked out. Do you see what those pants are, son? Those are like Corillian bloodstripe pants. I was about to say those are Han Solo pants, kind of. Mm-hmm. He's got a vest. Sort of a tannish looking vest. Um, Not sporting the jacket, the bow jacket anymore. He sure isn't. He's got a gun. And then we get to two new characters. Zori, who we assume is Carrie Russell. And she looks badass. Yeah, she does. So she's decked out in like a purple and gold outfit she's got a badass looking helmet yeah it's like a purple bodysuit with gold accentuation straps around it on the thighs and the biceps gold cuffs on the uh, forearms gold bracers and a gold helmet right which you described and i think this is pretty appropriate it's kind of looking like a daft punk helmet yeah i can see that to me look at that helmet and put two tiny wings on the side and it kind of looks like slave one from the side it does kind of yeah like there's a little bit of a, a thing going on there with that. The helmet's very long in the back, which yes. may indicate I don't know this, but it could indicate, you know, some cyborgery. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, that's been the question. Is she maybe a cyborg? That text built into the back of her head or something. Or maybe she's a robot. Um I've seen some people say a bounty hunter. You know I'd be down with that. We haven't really seen any bounty hunters in the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. And then we go over to Jana. I assume that's how you say her name. This is the character portrayed by Naomi Aki. She's, um, she kind of looks, uh, matrixy like, uh, the people living in Zion. You know what I mean? Like kind of post-apocalyptic. I get that. She's got a bow, which looks pretty cool. And there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of people decrying this stuff as fake. And, I tend to think that it's not fake. It's just early in the process of design. But like once you see the character sheet, to me, that's I don't know how you fake this. Yeah, this looks this looks like production photography. You know or, what I mean? Well, like, this character sheet looks more to me like reference for I, production. You know, like I guess that's what I meant. Like it looks like marketing <clears throat> material that they give to the the licensees to produce things like right. this poster we're going to talk like, about. 
like this picture of Ray will be the picture of Ray on the back of her, you know, her action figure cutout or something. Right. You know, like it just looks like, like, yeah, like reference art. All right. So you want to talk about the poster? Yeah, let's talk about the poster. We're not going to go into huge detail because like you guys can go out and see it if you want to. You've probably already seen it if you hear us talking about it. Um, but it is, it's your typical like Star Wars character poster where you just see the characters. They're laid out in front of you and there's some interesting new elements to talk about. What's the first thing, like when you see this poster, what's the first thing you thought about? Like, oh, I want to talk about that. Well, the first thing I saw that I wanted to talk about were the Knights of Red. Yeah. But the very first thing that jumps out of my eye is the squadron of red troopers across the bottom. Right. And there's been plenty of the rumors about these red troopers going along. And I've seen some people say like, oh, maybe they're clones. Because you can see, to me, a little bit of... um, The clone trooper-esque-ness. Basically that line down the middle of the helmet. Yeah. Like the line that connects the visor to the mouth is I think what is evoking that thought for people. Now, my question about that is I wouldn't be opposed for there being some clones or something because it's like part of established Star Wars lore. But I don't think like, I think we've heard basically that it's a year in between eight and nine. That's not long enough to glow a clone clone army unless like Snoke had these dudes out in test tubes out in the outer rim until the time was ready or time was right, you know, like maybe this has been some, something that was been in the works for a while. That's just been going on off screen, like well before the force awakens even to me, that's the only way you could explain there being like a clone army. Like you couldn't say that, Oh, Kylo Ren made these clones in between eight and nine. Cause that with established star Wars cloning lore, I don't think that's possible. That's yeah. It's not quick enough. Uh, they look cool, though. They do. Like, there's even, a, like, a more angled-looking deal going on with their chest pieces, too. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I do. They're not just flat. They're, like, sort of angled. That looks cool. Um, Okay. So, we talked about them. The other thing that fucking jumps out to me, Y-Wings. You see that Y-Wing? Uh, it's a Y-Wing, an A-Wing, and then an X-Wing all mm-hmm. right next to each other. And there's another X-Wing that I can't get a great look at. On the other side? It's a little blurry, and I'm trying to... I don't think that's Poe's orange and black X-Wing. It actually looks like it might be black and white in color. Yeah. Um, okay, Kylo Ren wearing the refurbished helmet with the red cracks in it that we've heard about. Yep. Making Star Wars rep- uh, reported on. Over his shoulder, the other Knights of Ren. Mm-hmm. And I said this to you earlier, but I'll say it again. It Seeing the Knights of Ren for the first time lends credibility to why Kylo Ren's helmet looks the way it does. It seems to fit a theme of the Knights of Ren. What about the dude that doesn't appear to be wearing a helmet? Or, if he, or something. You see that? You can see, like, the guy that's basically right over his shoulder. That's the only it's one. It's like maybe cloth. In, over his face instead of a helmet yeah like he's got maybe his face is wrapped almost or it's a face mask like a samurai kind of yeah. face mask with the eye holes cut out maybe yeah that could be rad it's too. so hard to see i'm stoked to get some Ky- uh, some knights of ren like yeah, i mean 
<laughs> and I'm stoked that JJ is back to, um, you know, expand upon that whole concept that he introduced in the Star Wars. So, yeah, that could be really cool. Like, granted, could they end up not doing much in the movie and basically be the Praetorian guards who are in there to look cool and then get beat the fuck up? That could be it, but that could also still be cool if that's the case. Yeah. Um, there is a, a new looking TIE fighter yeah. on the bottom right corner with triangle shaped wings. Yeah, it almost looks like it could be like the first order take on the TIE interceptor. Yeah. Uh, it looks cool though. BB 8. I yep. don't know if that's another droid next to him or if mm-hmm. that's an extension of his persona, but that's it looks another... too big to be an extension of him. No, that's another droid. And okay. making Star Wars has been repeat, uh, reporting on this little guy for a while now. And apparently his name is Dio or D10 or, you know, you see what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, he's like a little cone shaped droid buddy of BB 8s. The most confusing element of this whole picture to me, you mm-hmm. see Finn, right? And Finn's holding the blaster. And there's some alien life form behind him that uh-huh. looks mm, probably comic relief. But in front of Finn, C-3PO has a bandolier across his chest, and he's holding a bowcaster that looks exactly like Chewbacca's bowcaster. I mean, we have to assume that's Chewie's bowcaster. And now, my question is, does that mean C-3PO is going to be involved in the fight? And if it is, that runs contrary to everything else in Star Wars. So... I'll tell you what my my worst fear is. And obviously, if they do this, it could... <coughs> they could always find a way to do it where it doesn't bother me. But it it gives me flashbacks of, of C-3PO and the Battle of Geonosis. Which, right. you know, is... Oh, dear me. Oh, oh, oh. You know, like, oh, what a drag. Which is kill, like... Kill, kill. Oh, what a drag. Die, Jedi dogs! Which is like really... I'm not going to mince words here. It's my least favorite part of any Star Wars movie. Um, you know, it's rough. If, if anybody likes it, that's fine. Just personally, it's my least favorite. That's what it gives me flashbacks of. If you want to know what I think is going on there, I think, because he's also got Ray's staff on his back. I think Ray and he's Chewie. carrying munitions or something. Or Ray and Chewie have to do something. Like maybe they have to go underwater or I don't know. Climb go, down a ladder. you know, Or like, something. And they're like, hey, Goldenrod, hold this stuff for us. And then they load them down kind of like a pack mule. And it's played right. for humor and and stuff. And it just makes like an interesting, funny image to put on a poster. Right. Um. So that's what I'm hoping. That's and making thinking. a little more sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping and thinking is probably most likely, but you never know. Crazier shit has happened in a Star War. And we see Ray. Ray, once again, brandishing the Star War, the Skywalker lightsaber. And if you look at the hilt in between her hands, there appears to be some sort of copper colored band. And you got to assume that's where she repaired the saber and put the I read two somewhere that her blade is going to be unstable like Kylo Ren's because of having to repair it or mm-hmm. the crystal cracked or some shit like that. But 
And that still may be possible, but the way this lightsaber is drawn doesn't seem like that. It does not seem to be conveying that. And, you know, that was a question people had when we saw that image of Ray on that T-shirt from Galaxy's Edge because it looked like it was drawn that way. And remember, I said, like, it does look like that, but sometimes that's also just how they convey a lightsaber in artwork that's not like a still from a movie. Right. And I've seen some people say like, oh, is is her lightsaber white? And I don't think it is. I think it's just, I think it's blue and I think it's just kind of hard to tell based it's on that like. bluish white from episode four is what it feels like. Yeah. And I, I think it's just hard to tell that it's the normal blue because of the, like where it's placed and it's, it's so surrounded by like white and light colored stuff in the, the poster, you know, because of its surrounding color palette i think it makes it look a little whiter than it it actually is Uh, and we see janna the new character she's in there looking pretty badass we see the falcon hard to see like zooming in there's really no way to see what the new radar dish looks like i know that's a big question for people um and we see that bounty hunter carrie russell lady from a different angle but still fucking rad looking that's going to make a sick figure. It really is. <laughs> Man, I'll be getting a hot toy of that. Hope the character's real cool, too. And what's interesting is Carrie Russell, in an interview, said that she thinks she has the coolest costume in Episode Nine. And seeing that, hard to argue. Uh, yeah, hard to debate that. Hard to argue. So what do you think? What do you think as a whole of this this look at episode nine. I think it's a pretty good representation of the, the cast, mm-hmm. you know, the hero cast, at least like the main players. Cause obviously there's no Leia, there's no Lando, no Maz. And the fact that the Knights of Ren are in there blows me away, to be honest, oh. you know, cause I just didn't figure they would put that on any stuff to save the impact of them being in the movie. Yeah. And considering we're, like just a couple of weeks away from probably seeing a trailer like this little taste, this little leaky taste of star Wars episode nine, just man, does it get me excited? Like think, think of any of this cool stuff we could end up seeing in that first teaser. Like, man, I can't wait. But yeah, I I think that's about it. Like, do you have anything else that you wanted to point out? Not that I'm aware of. No. I mean, we hit all the things that I, you know, was fascinated by pretty early on. Yeah, I would have, um, you know, there's rumors, like, once again, making Star Wars reported that Kylo Ren's got a new ship uh, in this that's like, I think they said it's like white and red, uh, sort of like a fancy new ship, and it would that would have been neat to see in this, but, you know, where could you have really put it? Yeah, in prominence like you've got some ships in there but they're for the most part things we've already seen before well they're all you know most of the ships streaking across the main field of vision are hero ships Mm -hmm. and then you've just got a little first order business sort of going on peppered in there at the bottom yeah on the sides and people clearly still see several dreadnoughts at least four yeah i don't know if those are dreadnoughts or just regular star destroyers that's hard for me to see well, they don't have regular Star Destroyers anymore, right? Well, they've got the First Order Star Destroyers and then the Dreadnoughts. I thought that was... A, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. No, the Dreadnoughts are something different. 
The dreadnoughts are like like that ship you see Poe help take down. Like he shoots all the dr- uh, the guns down and then they blow up. That's different than a, a regular First Order Star Destroyer. Okay. Because I thought the I thought they were called dreadnoughts, and that Snoke ship was just different. No, so as far as big uh, first order capital ships, we've seen three in the sequel trilogy. We've seen the first order star destroyers, which you see, you know, mainly in uh, the Force Awakens, like at the beginning of the Force Awakens, and the one that like Kylo and Hux are out dicking around in that is uh, a star destroyer then you see the dreadnought and what is snoke's ship called the supremacy is that what i that guess i can't called? remember i can't remember either his big ass ship um so we've seen sort of like three capital ships for the first order but yeah i think that about does it then buddy thanks for taking the time to record with me tonight hey thank you for accommodating me well, horse uh guys thank you so much for listening thank you so much for sending in voicemails and emails uh you guys surprise me every week every week i'm like eh, i don't think anybody's gonna email in i'll be damned a bunch of people email in voicemail in uh, if you like our theme song please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music they're stoned cobra and you can find them on itunes spotify and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com Uh, Make sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't done so already. It really helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. And until next week, or maybe not next week, maybe just a few days later than next week, uh, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. Will? May the Force be with you. (laughs) No, you're supposed to be like, and I'm Halls and I'm Will Witten. And I'm Will Witten. I thought you were pausing for the lapping in the back. I heard someone drinking, and I thought you were pausing for that. Uh, No. So, (laughs) for Blue Harvest, I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.